This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to Teacher Talk Radio. Today you're with your hosts, Krupa and Nazia, for your Sunday lunch. Today we have Bookie Yusuf sharing her thoughts on harnessing the power of coaching. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome once again to our Sunday lunchtime show. This is your host, Nazia, joined by Krupa. We are really pleased to come on the show today with our guest speaker. But before we move on to that, um, let's talk about what's been happening this weekend. Krupa. Um, Good afternoon, all. So this week has been busy i can't recall what i've done it's just been manic um but good i'm sure i'm sure there's been some good bits in there somewhere um but what was uh, quite nice was um going to the ts awards um uh that was interesting really busy um and my goodness what an affair like i haven't dressed up like that in a mighty long time so that was fun mm. what did you think Nessia? Yeah, same here. Um, it's, it's been quite a long time since we've come together with so many educationalists um, and practitioners from various parts of the education sector. Mm. Uh, it was really nice meeting new people, actually. We had some really lovely people on our table, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't come away with any, <laughs> any um, award, but um, I, I am pleased that I was a finalist for the Head Teacher of the Year Award and um, it was just a, a real privilege actually and honour to have been uh, nominated as a finalist so that's been, that was that was quite nice um, but I'm, you know, all, the, all of the, everyone who won the award, they were, they were well deserved, you know, you could see the passion, the passion in what they do and um, for the education, for the young people they serve, for uh, the staff that work with them. So that was lovely, absolutely lovely to see. But we didn't stay till the end, did we? I mean, there were some lovely moments. There was um, there was a song from Frozen. So, so the performer, performer... Just let it go. Yeah, just let <laughs> it go, yeah. There was a performer there, um, and everyone loved that. She was amazing. She was incredible. The food was good. food was always good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't love the food. Um, and um, we ended up kind of leaving it. It was boiling. It was hot, really hot. Yeah, I think when you wear like formal clothes and heels and things, you just it is hot, really hot. But an enjoyable evening. Um, and congratulations, nonetheless, Nancy. I think you're right, absolutely rightly so. In being, it's not about. It's, we always say it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. And actually, yeah. the fact that your work has been recognised. Uh, your team value you incredibly you have and you are making huge strides and movement um, within education and you know that's that's huge and that comes with an army but it comes with um, outstanding leadership so so congratulations nonetheless thank you very much Krupa so without further ado uh, let's move on to our interview 
Good afternoon, everyone. It is an absolute joy and pleasure to be here with Nazia and with Bookie. Um, today, we'll be talking about um, leadership development coaching and, and harnessing that power of coaching. And so without further ado, um, Bookie, welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's really good to have you here today. Um, so please uh, talk us through uh, your, your career, um, who you are, things that you like. Um, yeah, just get started. Hi, so I'm Bookie Youssef. I am a senior leader in a special school. I am also an educational consultant and a leadership coach. And I have been involved in education in one way or another for over 20 years, said very quietly. Um, and for me, I love teaching and learning. I've loved it from the very first day in which I stepped into a classroom um, all those years ago. And I still continue to love it now because I'm always learning something new. Bookie, you are really active on social media. So what is it that you normally, what, what is it that you normally kind of propagate on social media? What is the kind of, what is your overriding message on social media generally? Is there, is there a some certain set of values or vision or um, uh, something that you're passionate about that you constantly talk about and focus on social media or do you generally talk education across the board? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So um, I think I'll branch it into maybe like a, a couple of areas. So first of all, anything to do with teaching and learning, anything to do with education um, is what I share across the main social media platforms. So I'm not as actively engaged with Twitter. I mean, Twitter is, I have a little bit of love-hate relationship. I love it so much, but sometimes I get involved in it so much, I've got to step back. But um, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram, I look at aspects looking at... Um, pedagogical practices, how we can actually support the learning and progress of young people, irrespective of their starting point. I also look at aspects um, concerning leadership and management development um, and coaching comes into that as well, as well as also educational technology, ed tech. So from a very strategic uh, viewpoint of, you know, like senior leaders about um, the uh, teaching, sorry, ed tech, plans that they need to have in place, which should actually lie, tie in with the teaching and learning focuses, all the way down to what happens within the classroom. So I'm, I, I love all of those. And I, and I describe myself as an ed tech advocate. So a you have a lot of the educational aspects which tie into those three areas. But then you also have some of the posts which are, just give you a little bit of flavor about myself, about my values. Um, about the organizations I'm involved with. So for example, Women Ed, BAME Ed, I'm an ambassador for Leadership Matters as well. So if I'm doing say like promotional work, there may be some things I actually engage with, but also the fun. I think uh, I do like to have fun, even though what we do is, is it's serious and it does feel very challenging, but I also like to tap into the, the well-being aspects as well. So that's the reason why I'm a steering group um, member of uh, Teacher Fiver Day. And that's a well-being initiative that was um, created by the incredible head teacher Martin Rea. This is years ago now, well over like six, seven years ago, and it's giving teachers agency and permission to take care of their well-being. So there's five core areas: connecting with people, exercising noticing triggers and things like that, learning something beyond what we do in school, and also volunteering, giving back. So they are the main thing. So I'm often described as uplifting, motivational, 
quirky, funny. They hold some of the things, but there is always a very serious undertone. And I think that it just gives an idea about the type of personality I am when it comes to education. And that is brilliant. You know, a lot of the times what we find is that sometimes practitioners, especially, especially if you're in the classroom, you kind of get pigeonholed or get lost in the work that you do. So it's mm. really important that as classroom practitioners, we delve into a wide array of skill set and strengths that we have and build our skill set and knowledge because actually that eventually and that will help our classroom practice and there I'm a big kind of um, advocate for kind of horizontal development of the self because that's how I that's how I in my teaching career I, I, I didn't step up into leadership for a very very long time I developed my skill set across a wide range of roles but as a class teacher yeah and, and you know it's it's quite and i'm going to touch upon this later on but what you said as is, is is quite common the fact that some people and even myself you know you think oh i could do more beyond the classroom but there's there's fear there's imposter syndrome you may not be you may be getting subliminal messages where people might think you're not quite ready maybe you're not quite good enough if you do these additional things you'll put up the experience and the skills um and i think that there is there is merit in that but also as well, I think that more could be done to promote more people as and when they're ready and prepared to go into more roles beyond the, the classroom. But I'll, I'll speak more about that when I touch upon why I actually go into, uh, why I went into coaching and, and what my aims through coaching are. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So um, we are going to head to a break now. And after the break, we will um, come back and join Bookie uh, for an inspiring interview um speak to you all in a bit it's time for a fresh start to language learning pearson edexcel's new student-centered french german and spanish 2024 gcses cater to the needs of all learners regardless of their background ability or reason for studying Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go wellbeing and mental health program will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and wellbeing tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio news the telegraph reported this week on calls from some academics for schools to ban smartphones the article refers to devices as extremely dangerous over fears that they damage cognitive ability the research by academics in australia suggests that phones can be hazardous to children as they have a negative effect on learning, social skills and mental health. Dr Mark Williams, an honorary professor of cognitive neuroscience at Macquarie University in Sydney, is quoted as saying that having a phone in a pocket or bag 
decreases working memory capacity and that this means children don't learn as well. He goes on to say that there are zero benefits to smartphones in schools. Dr Williams went on to add that other research studies have shown that smartphones also link to causes of depression, anxiety and body dysmorphia. In Spain, phones have been banned from schools in some regions since 2015. University of Valencia academics found that pupils' test scores in some core subjects improved. In the USA, researchers at an Ohio hospital found that screen time led to lower brain functioning and a study in Malaysia published in 2020 found that the presence of a smartphone decreased the ability of undergraduates to accurately recall information. The current Department for Education and Advice in England is that head teachers are best placed to make decisions about phones and their use in school. The value of learning a foreign language is often discussed in schools, but in Germany, there have been calls for primary schools to scrap English lessons. The president of the German Teachers Association has said that schools should focus on German reading and maths instead. His remarks come as German students scored lower than their peers in other countries in the International Primary School Reading Survey. Heinz-Peter Meidinger told German broadcasters that focusing on English was a wrong priority and that more attention should be paid to reading skills, writing skills and arithmetic. The BBC reports that MPs have launched an inquiry into Ofsted school inspections, looking at how useful they are to parents, governors and schools in England. Education Select Committee Chairman Robin Walker said Ofsted had an important role, but that there had been a groundswell of criticism in recent months. Ofsted itself has said it welcomed the inquiry, but that it had already made changes. MPs will consider how inspections affect the workload and well-being of school staff and pupils and what contribution its reports make to helping schools improve. The issues likely to be discussed are the current system of awarding one overall grade to a school and whether it is right to deem a school inadequate if inspectors raise concerns about child welfare. Parents, school governors, teachers and unions will be able to submit evidence alongside the government and Ofsted itself. Ofsted have already made changes, but the NAHT's Paul Whiteman said the changes didn't go far enough. Finally, in the West Midlands, the BBC reports that a 91-year-old former teacher is helping children develop their literacy skills from a living room. Diane Idols has five pupils she reads with over an online platform aimed at helping children progress with reading. She said the volunteering work had filled a huge hole in her life after the death of her husband. Mrs Idols volunteers through the Bookmark Reading Charity, which matches trained volunteers with primary children struggling with reading. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to answer the question we all want to know. What is the best presentation software? I do promise to give you an answer this week after leaving you on a cliffhanger, but 
First, a quick recap for those who missed last week or fast-forwarded me. Considering most lessons delivered in a classroom contain some sort of presentation, it's possible that our students are facing up to a thousand presentations a year. This isn't a bad thing as we are presenting information and that's what the software is designed to do. However, like a display you spend ages on, how long does it take before it stops being noticed? Do we really know what experience a pupil gets through a typical week in school? Are they being engaged or do they know how to look like they are listening? Don't worry, there is no way I'm going to mention slants here if you're thinking that is where I was going next. The answer is, there is no best presentation software. As I've already mentioned, there are lots of free and paid for presentation apps out there. The key to success is which one do you choose? This is where a lot of people go wrong. They ask someone else's opinion, what works for one may not work for another. The choice you make depend on two key words, purpose and audience. When you choose the method of presentation for a lesson, you need to be thinking about the best way to grab focus. In the end, our job is to encourage long-term remembering. So if the lesson is about remembering short text-based facts and you have powerful images that back up what you're saying, a looping PowerPoint presentation or equivalent may do the job. Do you want to embed a lot of web links and videos? Why not take a look at Wakelet, a free way to collect web links together and share them. You can present with it and then hand the link off for self-discovery. Most app developers today aim to make their apps in so changing things around shouldn't be too hard for you to get to grips with and you may just find engagement rises and in the end that's what it's all about. What do you do to engage pupils? Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back to our show. Today we are with uh, the lovely Buki, who will be talking to, through to uh, through with us about leadership coaching, and Krupa, my co-host, who um, is always ready and available to ask the most difficult questions to <laughs> our guests. Buki, we're not here to scare you. Don't worry. <laughs> or are we? No, no, no. Uh, I'm just really nosy. That's what it is. I just really like to get deep and connect really quickly. So I'm sorry. And if at any point you think this is too much, please say. Um, <laughs> But here's my question now. So what hooked you into, into coaching and then leadership coaching? That's quite a nice one to start with, I think. Yeah. So what, what got me involved in coaching is a very forward thinking line manager. So I have had a number of consultancy roles throughout my um, career as, you know, like as an educator. And I spent about, I think maybe six, seven years as a secondary science consultant for one particular local authority. And it was very much like a, a doctor-patient approach where schools have got issues, we will go in, we will tell you what the solution is, you will do that, we will take, you know, the medicine, medicinal advice, whether you're really prepared for it or not, we would leave and you'd get on with it. And my line manager said, look, we need to try and change the approach. Yes, for some schools that is appropriate, but what about if we had a different approach of supporting? And then she had a number of us trained uh, to be qualified coaches. And that's when I became a qualified coach many years ago, actually in 2009. And I loved it. I have to say, you know, I love teaching and learning, but I love coaching just as much. Absolutely brilliant. But what was really enlightening, a pleasant surprise, were the ways in which the schools I've been working with previously, you know, mm -hmm. you had say like key stage three coordinators or teachers with, you know, like teaching and um, leadership responsibilities, opening up in a different way because they knew that the coaching setup 
was confidential. Obviously, you know, for example, if a school brought me in, you know, like head teacher, or you had, for example, senior leaders or line managers of a particular subject, science, you know, um, science specialism, they may say, look, we need your coaching support to do X. So there'll be transparency in actually how it was actually set up. But the actual conversations and discussions were you know, they were confidential. And I stressed that. And I did actually say to, um, you know, for example, the head teacher, et cetera, who set it up. But if it's a coaching conversation, you know, if you bring into coaching, it's confidential. With this person's permission, I can share these things. That's it. That changed the dynamic because people opened up about some of the things they were going through. And, and, it, and it struck me as a fact that many were in roles a variety of different leadership roles where they felt scared to say they didn't yeah. know what to do or they were struggling or or anything that was perceived that meant you know they weren't sure about that you know they weren't being competent in their roles they were they were there was some fear in that um so they would share it with me and I would help them actually navigate their way with solutions that they took complete ownership of and moving forward. So that was the start. And I just thought, I want more of this, please. This is really good. It's really different because it changed the dynamic. It didn't mean to say that I came in with the answers. Um, in some cases where some people were new in their roles, they said, look, specifically, yes, we love this coaching setup, but I needed to tell me what to do. Um, it happened to my expertise and things that I've done in my past. So that then became more of a mentoring role as well. And whenever I undertake leadership coaching now, I always outline very briefly coaching coaching basically means I don't tell you what to do you actually come with an initiative you know an issue or uh, a problem something you want to address and I just ask questions get you to consider it from different perspectives come up with ideas and solutions about how you get to move things forward the other side will be mentoring where I literally guide you and neither is bad it's, there's no good bad it's about what the person needs in order to move them from there they are at the start of the session towards the end of it and subsequent sessions as well so yeah so that was that was my taste of it and I thought yep it's this is really empowering it really is and I I, I also have come from a, a science background and I think actually having that blend where you have an input and then you get an output is is very much with science so you 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 have a really clear curriculum and you've got to do it fast and you've got a number of students that you need to support through to obtain outcomes and so on and so forth. And I recall being in, in a team of 20 other practitioners, amazing science team, amazing, strong, beautiful, wonderful, varied team. But when it became, uh, I think it was mock exams in December and uh, our, the end of year exams that they would sit, and if that would be also, you know, end of unit exams and so on and so forth, you could feel the tension in, in the staff room because everyone was just on, it's just like a switch had been flicked and it was just, let's just get things done. And that's fine. Those sprints are really important, but that's the, mm. also a really key time to have the coaching because it reminds you of actually how to look after yourself, how to ensure that if you're not, if you're burnt out or you're requiring that mentoring or a system that's going to help you with that, those are the crucial moments where, where, where coaching can really help. And, and did you find that when you were, you know, being shared across uh, various schools that you were, really needed at particular points of the year or, or would you say it depends so 
I think mentoring more at particular points of the year, you know, like, you know, like new academic year, someone's new in their role, they've got to take, they've taken over responsibility. They thought the situation was like this. Actually, the reality is somewhere else. How do we move very quickly, as you said, really quickly forward? So they might want some guidance, okay, about, okay, clear-cut aims, clear-cut outcomes, milestones mm. that you can actually use to chart on a half-termly, termly basis so that you know how you're progressing and you can review and evaluate accordingly. So that works. So, you know, again, it might be, say, for example, uh, start of the academic year, or you mentioned mock exams, mock exam results that come through, the students are nowhere near they, where they should be in terms of intervention, what's most appropriate. So there are key points where you can actually chart, okay, in terms of input and advice and mentoring, where they're leaning mm. on my expertise, I've come in. Coaching can happen anytime. Because coaching could be, it could be an individual issue that is affecting your role. So it could be something that's happening internally. I try, I try not to do things that are what I call, you know, like in terms of the personal life. So for example, if, and you know, like if someone's saying, you know, like there's something that is really beyond the scope of um, coaching, so it could be counseling. I would say quite clearly, this is beyond my remit. I can only do this. So in terms of the role and any factors that are actually inhibiting the impact they're making is where I get involved. So as I, as I say, coaching can happen at any time. It could be, you know, for example, the thing, as I say, it might be, I'm, you know, trying to get my, you know, like team members or colleagues or my department to do certain things and they are not moving forward because they say that I'm abrupt, but I'm just trying to be direct because we've got a number of different <laughs> things to do. So it might be, okay, well, have you thought about how you're speaking? Have you considered with someone else's perspective that doesn't understand what's going on in your mind or the pressures you're under or what you're trying to achieve or all they're experiencing this is this brunt message? How could you, you know, so it's those types of things. So it's around communication, as I say, confidence levels as well you know mm -hmm. the imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome again it, it's not um, necessarily a bad thing when we do something new it will rear its head because it's like the sense of I've not done this before it could go wrong it's a natural fear but I think it's having the having the tools to turn off that internal narrative that will stop you moving forward and say okay we understand how you're feeling let's keep let's put a stop to that and still go forward anyway so you've got communication, confidence, sorry. and then competence. So sorry, Krupa. No, I'm so sorry. So just, just drawing on that point, do you think that's helped you with your own decision-making and your own pathway, being able to identify, um, you know, when to mentor, when to coach, and when you see a little bit of that, that glimmer of imposter coming through, through, through your own challenges and, and so on and so forth? Have you, has that supported your own? Um, Absolutely. 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 Personally speaking, I think that if you are coaching others, you should be coached. Yes. And, and, and there are various reasons for that. You need to know what it feels like to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and to ask others, you know, to, you know, if you're asking others to trust you, but you're not trusting, it's like, well, hold on a second. I think it's so easy to forget what it's like. You know, you've gone through, you know, you may have been through it before and I, and it becomes, say, you know, like you're doing a role and it becomes automatic, you know, what's it, the unconsciously competent, you forget. But I think that, you know, I have coaching now and I, and I always try and maintain that so that if I've got issues, I recognize the fears, I recognize the imposter syndrome, I recognize the internal narrative, the negative internal narrative, I recognize how I may be holding myself back. And when I share some things on like some of the blogs and posts on social media, I'm transparent and honest about that. You know, we're human 
you may feel these things, but you still go forward anyway. And over the years, I've had various coaches in various, you know, for various stages of my uh, career who have helped me to put particular strategies in place. So um, there was one particular coach, I mean, and I've mentioned it to different platforms. So, and Hara Lloyd, fantastic. She was one of the coaches I met as part of a leadership program by Diana Osagi. Diana Osagi said, when I, you know, I don't even know, genuinely, I don't know how I got this in email invitation that landed from, I don't know where, where she said, if you join this particular program for a year, you will be transformed. She was true. And then you had different coaches that you were assigned to as well. And then Hara came to me. She said to me, are you quite happy about how things have gone? I said, I think the program is brilliant, but I I still don't feel I've got as much as I need out of my coaching. And Mm -hmm. we had one session for one hour and she transformed my life in terms of the negative thinking. She helped me to come to grips with past negative experiences you know people who may see you as a threat or people who have made you feel that you don't quite fit people who've made you feel othered and then you have an internal narrative that says to you you're not good enough and then you hold yourself back and she said to me bookie that's the past don't limit yourself because of the past don't keep replaying that and so she said if you have those negative if people give you negative advice, and I've wrote a post about this on LinkedIn, I think as well as a blog, if people give you negative advice, you need to uh, you need to have discernment first and foremost. Is this a true reflection of the reality of what's going on? Yes or no? You've got a choice to take it on board or leave it. And then you've got to ask yourself, well, is this a person I'd normally go to advice for anyway? Yes or no? <laughs> and if you think, well, actually, okay, they've got, you know, this is someone I listen to, then you ask yourself this. Is there any merit in what they're saying? Will it help you move from where you are to where you want to go to? Yes or no? So that's a choice. That was like, that was liberation. So Ankara, she just, I thought, right, I've got a tool now for any negativity. Then Diana Asagi, she, you know, she's a powerhouse. I mean, anyone who's met her, you'd be transformed after one conversation, much less a leadership program. And she really helped me to step up as a leader in the present time in which I had her coaching. And there was another brilliant uh, coach, Eve, Eve Warren, who made me think about myself in the future, about what I would sound like, what I would look like, what I would be like, and really got me to use my senses to ground myself in the type of leader I wanted to be and gave me skills. So those three, I mean, they're just three of many coaches, but they, I love them because they help me to do with my past, my present and the future. It's like a screwed, you know, is it that particular um, story about those three ghosts and things like that. But I think that's the the power of, of coaching. It's not just, I pay for my coaches and I pay quite a lot. And for me, that investment is worthwhile because I'm not just paying for then and there, I'm also paying for the future versions of Bookie that took the initiative to do something that will make, that will accelerate me. Because without them, I say categorically without their advice, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. with the confidence in which I'm doing it, with the clarity in which I'm communicating it, and therefore helping others to do the same. That's probably a a long answer to that particular question, but you can see why I'm so empowered by it. Precisely, exactly. And um, this is, I mean, this is what this this, um, interview is about. It's about harnessing that power of that coaching. And the coaching for you, obviously, has been so powerful that it's allowed you and enabled you and empowered and given you some kind of self-agency to Mm -hmm. come 
to come to a point whereby you are so much more clearer about your your role, your values, and your future and what you want mm -hmm. to see in your future. So mm -hmm. that is the power of coaching. And it's mm -hmm. so interesting because, you know, like you mentioned before, different coaches have different styles and yes. different coaches also uh, utilize different tools to help you come up with the 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 kind of those meaningful thoughts and those reflections that you need mm -hmm. to be able to then move on to your next steps and, and and those next steps in your thought process and in your life so it's really really interesting that you said that actually we need to utilize coaching but actually let's utilize the different types of coaching styles yes. and mechanisms out there that in itself is also powerful so just to add on, you've mentioned a couple of challenges that you faced and you yourself said that you've come across, um, you've, you've got some issues linked to some of your, some poor experiences that you've had mm -hmm. that, ha that then had an impact on the way you thought about things. And um, so are there any specific challenges that you have faced, one, as a coachee and, and two, as a coach? I think some of the some of the challenges were for myself, not understanding what coding was about. I I used to believe, oh my goodness, if you need to have someone coaching you, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you have no clear about your role. Yeah. Honestly, that's how I thought. And I remember having um I interviewed Dino Sagi um for uh coaching conversations that I uh promoted on my youtube channel and she said exactly the same thing so i think that's one of the things that some people have an idea about coaching which is not correct um or if i get if um one of the issues i have uh particularly i started coaching uh for the local authority and you had school leaders inviting me in they were confusing coaching with mentoring that drives me bonkers mm -hmm. how some people can you know we will tell you what to do no that's mentoring <laughs> but they call they call it coaching but and they want to know it's and they want to sorry yeah 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 and I, and I think yeah yeah you, you've got various strands there's there's obviously crossover between the two but that it drives me crazy when people say coaching actually no it's, it's actually mentoring um so that as a coachee not really understanding what it was about um but to be honest I think the difficulties also were personal, personally in the fact that you, I didn't realize, and that's the reason why I continue to make sure that I'm coach, you can feel really vulnerable, so much so that you feel emotional and overwhelmed, and it may color your thoughts about coaching as well. And I think you need someone who is really skilled in handling that, you know? Um, so those emotions are obviously, it could be like, um, a release of a belief or an idea, or maybe linked to say like maybe some past traumas. And I think that you need someone careful, someone who can actually understand that and carefully handle that. Um, again, the negativity was for myself because I thought, oh my goodness, as a leader, I shouldn't be showing emotions and things like that. But I moved past that. I think more of the issues have been with regards to ensuring I have coaching supervision that works for me. Yes. Someone that can actually check in with me in a manner and style that suits my needs as a coach. Um, and that still helps me within a safe space to 
enhance my skills because I think there's always room for improvement and I think yeah so that's one of the I think that's one of the most recent things that I found difficult but again I've had success recent success in in having coach um, coaching supervision it's been really powerful having that sounding board and checking in that you know without breaking any confidentialities, I've tried this strategy, is that appropriate or not, you know, and, and getting that, those in the um, input and advice has been really powerful. Um, and I think some of the, some of the difficulties as well is about the idea of investment, you know, how getting people to understand that paying for something doesn't mean to say that how can I put it? There are lots of free, freely available things. And I know with educators, we love a bargain. We like to get things. I love, I'm the same as well. But I think getting people to recognize about investing yourself is, is a such, is a such a powerful way to elevate who and what you are as, as an individual and as, as a potential leader or leader and also accelerates as well. And I think there's some of the challenges, um, that I find, but it's it's not necessarily in the in the in the coaching strategies or techniques and setups themselves. It's just I think it's seen in it's in the understanding of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that, Rupa. I, I think there's there's so much that you've just shared there, looking I think that the thing that that comes that sort of rings home for me is that you were ready to coach. You were ready to be vulnerable and i think when that's that's when that's uh and you talk about being vulnerable and and you know being open actually having the objective ear but also setting some really clear boundaries around that mm. so important mm. um and you make that really clear and and i come back to connection all over again you know it's it is a trusted confidential space but there are times where you think oh that was heavy and i'm going to be carrying that for a little while because you cannot not listen without heart and that's exactly. really hard you know and, and and that's a human trait and, and that's a wonderful trait but it's also being able to check yourself and say well I need to take a step back and have that real quality supervision um that happens with that but equally there are probably times and and and, and I know that when we coach we have you know the, the chemistry sessions for example where you take that time to just check in and say are we okay are you okay how far can we go in this conversation? Absolutely, yes. And at that point, and, and I, I really hope this isn't a stigma when it comes around mental health by saying, I think that I can help you with part of this in terms of your professional development. However, there are elements of this conversation that indicates that you will need to go and see a professional um, and and I'd like to know that you have done that and so on and so forth, just out of duty of care and things like this. And, and, I, and I wonder, and there are times where I've had to do that and I'm quite worried about how that will be received because it is coming mm -hmm. from a, a place of good intent. It is coming from a place of care. Mm -hmm. um, but as a good coach, being able to identify that actually what your remits are, being able yes. to and be clear on that and making sure that because there are many people that are labeled themselves as coaches. Oh, I know it's really, it, and it's quite scary as well, actually, because the number, I did a recent poll. Okay, so I, one of my coaches said, People don't care about your qualifications. They want to know about that. And I thought, no, really? But I, I, did a recent, I, I did a recent poll, you know, about, you know, when it comes to say like choosing a coach or getting a coach, what have you. And I put, I put qualifications, I put experience, I come up with the other categories. No one, it's a small sample. No one chose qualifications. I was like, 
whoa, that <laughs> he was, that made me really think long and hard because I think you're right. It's about finding someone who understands me and the context in which I'm operating in, I think is key. However, I would, I would go back to saying, I think it's important to have a qualification or to understand the remit and the parameters of coaching and mentoring in that case, <laughs> so that you do it effectively because coaching that's done poorly is just, it's just damaging coaching and or mentoring that's, you know, yes, can be damaging. Bad. So, yes. so you need to have a clear understanding about the remit about some of the strategies, you know, I like, for example, what, you know, one of the models like grow models, but there's lots of different models. And yeah. I like to try and choose different things. And also as well, when I, you know, like, for example, when I coach, um, I try different things. For some people, it might be they have an opportunity to rehearse something. It might mm -hmm. be, I, you know, I'm, I need to send an email to, you know, can, can we just go through it to make sure that the, the, the tone is appropriate, the language is appropriate, I'm using the right words? Of course, because it's it's a trusted space and it gives you an opportunity to rehearse things. Some people have come with presentations, all kinds of things. So, but you, you need to understand, as I say, the parameters. Otherwise, your intention may be good, but the outcome might be terrible. And you may have, and at the end of the day, it's an individual, effective their role, who's in receipt of something that, isn't going to benefit them or the organization which they're working in as well. So I think that there has to be care, responsibility and understanding in engaged in that. So it, so I'm not knocking anyone who's, you know, if they say I'm a really good coach and I don't have a qualification, I will not knock them. But what I will look at is, well, how do you do this? What are your parameters? Why did you choose that particular model? Just to get a sense about, do they know what they're doing? And I think length of time is really important. So thinking about codependency as well, because actually it's and and how often that happens. So we, I think that there is I think that there is a set time frames around that. Um, it differs. It, it depends. So that and this is it. So it depends. I've had I've coached some people. OK, so that, again, without breaking some confidence, without breaking any confidences, I've coached some people four times, four times. Uh, and it was a service that I offer because they just wanted to, they wanted promotion and progression, but they didn't quite feel that they had the language and skills and things like that. We had four sessions, they were promoted. That was their outcome. Some people have um, wanted longer. So there are some people I've been coaching for over six months and that is appropriate for them because there were so many different aspects that had to be unpicked before we got into the okay, these are the main elements of what is holding you back. And these are some of the things that you can do in the meantime as you're progressing. So I think it's, I, I, I hear what you're saying about length of time, but the question is this, and this is for anyone who's, who's, who's in receipt of coaching. Is it a nice conversation or is it a coaching conversation? Do you, have you got a plan that you've done, you know, that you've, you, you're taking ownership? Have you got a plan of action that you can implement immediately after the session? Or is it just lovely chat, feeling really good, warm and glowy, but then there's nothing as a result? If it's the latter, <laughs> if it's you're the right. latter. So you're friend zoning at that point, it's no longer a coaching Exactly. So, so <laughs> that's exactly it. There's a purpose to this. So whether you're paying for it or not, whether it's provided for however it comes, there's a purpose to it. Our I learned as a consultant that the time of an anyone within education, that anyone's time is, is, you know, anyone's time, but the time of a teacher is 
really precious, you better use it effectively and in an important way. So I'm personally speaking, I hate to have my time wasted. I refuse to waste anyone else's time. And which is the reason why I'm open. If someone says your style of coaching does not work for me, I'm great. Great. It's cool. You know, and I can be part of the Women Ed Network, for example, in Bay Med, where they off, they provide coaches for free. I can make suggestions about, you know, other types of coaches and things like that. It's working, it's finding what works best for you. And I think it's great with regards to coaching because they have the ownership of, of that completely. Thank you so much for that insight, Bookie. We have got, we've got remaining questions. Um, uh, however, we do need to move to a break. So um, we'll catch you after the break. Um, it's a short break with uh, a news interval and speak to you soon. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio news the telegraph reported this week on calls from some academics for schools to ban smartphones the article refers to devices as extremely dangerous over fears that they damage cognitive ability the research by academics in australia suggests that phones can be hazardous to children as they have a negative effect on learning, social skills and mental health. Dr Mark Williams, an honorary professor of cognitive neuroscience at Macquarie University in Sydney, is quoted as saying that having a phone in a pocket or bag decreases working memory capacity and that this means children don't learn as well. He goes on to say that there are zero benefits to smartphones in schools. Dr Williams went on to add that other research studies have shown that smartphones also link to causes of depression, anxiety and body dysmorphia. In Spain, phones have been banned from schools in some regions since 2015. University of Valencia academics found that pupils' test scores in some core subjects improved. In the USA, researchers at an Ohio hospital found that screen time led to lower brain functioning and a study in Malaysia published in 2020 found that the presence of a smartphone decreased the ability of undergraduates to accurately recall information. The current Department for Education advice in England is that head teachers are best placed to make decisions about phones and their use in school. The value of learning a foreign language is often discussed in schools, 
but in Germany, there have been calls for primary schools to scrap English lessons. The president of the German Teachers Association has said that schools should focus on German reading and maths instead. His remarks come as German students scored lower than their peers in other countries in the International Primary School Reading Survey. Heinz-Peter Meidinger told German broadcasters that focusing on English was a wrong priority and that more attention should be paid to reading skills, writing skills and arithmetic. The BBC reports that MPs have launched an inquiry into Ofsted school inspections, looking at how useful they are to parents, governors and schools in England. Education Select Committee Chairman Robin Walker said Ofsted had an important role but that there had been a groundswell of criticism in recent months. Ofsted itself has said it welcomed the inquiry, but that it had already made changes. MPs will consider how inspections affect the workload and well-being of school staff and pupils, and what contribution its reports make to helping schools improve. The issues likely to be discussed are the current system of awarding one overall grade to a school, and whether it is right to deem a school inadequate if inspectors raise concerns about child welfare. Parents, school governors, teachers and unions will be able to submit evidence alongside the government and Ofsted itself. Ofsted have already made changes, particularly to the complaints process, but the NAHT's Paul Whiteman said the changes didn't go far enough. Finally, in the West Midlands, the BBC reports that a 91-year-old former teacher is helping children develop their literacy skills from a living room. Diane Idols has five pupils she reads with over an online platform aimed at helping children progress with reading. She said the volunteering work had filled a huge hole in her life after the death of her husband. Mrs Idols volunteers through the Bookmark Reading Charity, which matches trained volunteers with primary children struggling with reading. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to answer the question we all want to know. What is the best presentation software? I do promise to give you an answer this week after leaving you on a cliffhanger, but... First, a quick recap for those who missed last week or fast-forwarded me. Considering most lessons delivered in a classroom contain some sort of presentation, it's possible that our students are facing up to a thousand presentations a year. This isn't a bad thing as we are presenting information and that's what the software is designed to do. However, like a display you spend ages on, how long does it take before it stops being noticed? Do we really know what experience a pupil gets through a typical week in school? Are they being engaged or do they know how to look like they are listening? Don't worry, there is no way I'm going to mention slant here if you're thinking that is where I was going next. The answer is there is no best presentation software. As I've already mentioned, there are lots of free and paid for presentation apps out there. The key to success is which one do you choose? This is where a lot of people go wrong. They ask someone else's opinion what works for one may not work for another. The choice you make depend on two key words 
purpose and audience. When you choose the method of presentation for a lesson, you need to be thinking about the best way to grab focus. In the end, our job is to encourage long-term remembering. So if the lesson is about remembering short text-based facts and you have powerful images that back up what you're saying, a looping PowerPoint presentation or equivalent may do the job. Do you want to embed a lot of web links and videos? Why not take a look at Wakelet, a free way to collect web links together and share them. You can present with it and then hand the link off for self-discovery. Most app developers today aim to make their apps in Intuitive. So changing things around shouldn't be too hard for you to get to grips with. And you may just find engagement rises. And in the end, that's what it's all about. What do you do to engage pupils? Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back, Bookie, and um, thank you for joining us, everyone, for our uh, interview with Bookie Yusuf. She is an amazing coach, uh, classroom practitioner, um, senior leader, um, ed tech genius, and we have been, <laughs> we have, we've had a really interesting conversation so far. So uh, let's keep going. Um, so, Bookie. Um, my question to you specifically is about the type of people that are attracted to coaching and how have your how has your experience differed and are, are there any kind of differential factors between the different coaches that have come to you? So differential factors, well, can I talk about commonalities rather than differential, um, yep. if that's okay? So, so with um, the majority of people who have coached come to me for coaching are women um women of color um and some of them have actually specifically said to me when they were approaching me about you know well i you know I, i'd like to invest in your coaching order and they say you as a woman of color i think you'll understand where i'm coming from they said it right from they made it explicit i'm thinking that's really interesting and some people have i've shared posts where i've said that some people actually see me speak and talk and have connected with me so they you know that that helps them think yeah this is a person who will understand and appreciate what i'm going through and help me and help guide me through that um and i think another common feature is the fact that many have been middle leaders so if i classify i will classify a middle leader say like maybe like hod um, not many heads of year, not, not in terms of pastoral, but or responsibilities like TLRs who are looking to um, get better in their role or to have greater impact. You know, so they may be working really hard, but there doesn't seem to be much to show for it or they're following people's advice, but it's not moving them or the department or whatever they're leading on forward. So that's that's one aspect or they're looking to progress into senior leadership. And in addition to that, I've had a few who, um, again, women of color, who have gone into senior leadership and at the early stages and they're not, you know, there's a mismatch between what they thought the role would be like, and sometimes what they thought the school was gonna be like or the organization and the reality. And they're finding that there are challenges um, that have popped up that they didn't expect. Um, and they're trying to work out and unpick that as well as do the best they could possibly can in the role and move forward with that. So, 
interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. There, I suppose that. And when I talk, when I look at in terms of how they want me, you know, so some people it's like, it, it, you know, they, so some people, if I was to group the issues or the focuses of the development, the leadership development and the coaching I provide, I always say the three C's. Confidence, mm. enhance the levels of communication and enhance their leadership competence so that they are doing the right things, having influence and having impact. Um, and I brought it down to that. So some people, they may say, oh, you know, I want to uh, go into senior leadership, but I don't have what I call leadership speak. So they know their stuff inside out, but they may be using colloquial terms or the language they're using doesn't fit in with the, the language indicators that denote that they are leaders to be. They've got the skills. They just, you know, they just need to be given a chance opportunity. Um, or you may have some who um, they are being given conflicting advice about what they should be doing to progress what they're leading on. Or you have some who aren't being supported at all they're not being developed so they're you know trying to progress or in a role leadership role and it's almost as though they are you know you've got into this role sink or swim type of thing mm. yeah so it's yeah so there's a lot of challenges frustrations imposter syndrome mm. um and i think some of those are narratives even myself that's why i'm saying about going into being coached because when you're coach and you're developing, and particularly when you go out of your comfort zone, all of these internal narratives or some of the things that you've not resolved start to pop up. And it's really difficult to navigate that as well as trying to learn new skills. Because when you're stressed or things that don't go well, you, you automatically default back to what you would normally do, which sometimes may make the situation even worse. So it's been able to support um, the different people who approach me to hold the space and look at how we can unpick the different aspects that may be limiting their leadership potential and help them to progress. Thank you so much for that, Krupa, your question? Um, I, I just want to follow up on that before we move on. I, I think what's really interesting is, is when they're in that space and you hold that space for them, although they're vulnerable, in a way, because they, they are transitioning or that thought process of something new and it's and that's that's you've got to navigate that I get that. As you move move up the ranks almost it, it becomes um, a little bit more lonelier because you've got less people up there, you know it's it's you have a tribe and then it becomes triangle, so do you yes. find that it's it's middle leaders and beyond. Uh, including executive heads and school improvement who, who don't always work within a team, for example, that that have reached out and said. Let, let's coach. I need some coaching because actually I'm a bit worried that I might just be in my head all of the time because that's all I know and that's what I'm around. Um, ha have you experienced any of that? Yes. And in addition to that, sometimes they, some people reach out externally deliberately because they want to see, they want to have, they want to have a sounding board. You know, otherwise it becomes that group thing, you know. So one of the things about, one of the interesting and extraordinary and powerful things about coaching is the fact that I don't need to know how you do your role. Mm. I don't need to know that at all. And some people might be thinking, 
well that how the heck does that work because the role of a coach is actually about getting you to think about the solutions getting you to understand posing questions challenging maybe some of the limiting beliefs of an organization of a person so they could actually break through that if i was a mentor i would need to know your role Yes. Because obviously, because I'm providing guidance based upon my experience and what I've done but that may or may not be, you know, like, that will be useful and relevant in your context. So I think it's, it's clarifying that. And and this is one of the other things as well that I love about coaching when I first trained as a, as a coach and I got more into leadership coaching was the fact that I could support people um, to do incredible things, but I didn't know their roles inside out and it wasn't relevant for me to know their roles inside out because that was not the remit. It's about challenging perspectives, as I say, challenging uh, limiting beliefs, internal as well as organizational, and sometimes just holding up a mirror mm. to reflect, you know, what, what's actually going on. So it's, it's uh, you know, so highlighting that is, I think, quite an interesting thing about coaching. Yeah. Um, how many do you think, so going back to the impact, how many do you think actually moved on into those kind of senior leadership roles or, you know, went in the direction that they wanted to go in after being yeah. coached? Because here we're talking about how, what does coach, what does Good coaching question. do? So Good question. How many did so, I, I have lost count of a number. It sounds, okay. I have lost count of a number of people I've pitched. It's been a lot over the years, okay. Um, and when I did a, an I Am Remarkable, workshop years ago it's about claiming what you're good at and things like that and I recognize I'm really good at coaching and leadership coaching all the rest of it I have coached as I said I can't even put a number on it but there from my recollection have only been two people who did not progress as expected mm. and one of those was because of the fact that they needed something beyond coaching Okay. I think, you know, I think there are additional aspects, I would say maybe like perhaps therapy or, or counselling that is needed alongside like that. Mm -hmm. and, may, and may, that may be a priority before the coaching can have the impact. Mm -hmm. And the other context, uh, the other person, there were some things in their personal life that changed the dynamics of what they were trying to do, and therefore they changed focus and priorities. Mm -hmm. So it just shows that there is real value attached to this when you find Absolutely. a coach who you are aligned to in terms of their coaching style, which you've spoken about, and a coach who can use a range of tools to get to the bottom of the whatever mm -hmm. it is that you need to deal with and, and ask the right questions to help you move on. There is actual success beyond it, the it coaching. Is. And that is so vital for people to know that investing in coaching. So we're saying, so it's not about going to an ind specific individuals that have been mentioned. It's about us recognizing that there's loads of opportunities for coaching within your organization, probably outside mm -hmm. of your organization. And it's really mm -hmm. important that they, that we harness and utilize those coaching uh, opportunities as much as possible because and part of it that i hadn't mentioned is the fact that when you you create a safe trusted space the person being coached sets a par parameters so that's part of the contracting 
Yeah. You want me to coach only? Do you want me to um, mentor only? Are there certain things you're happy for me to say? For example, I set it up. I remember when I first, very first started coach, um, co- um, training to be a coach, you had to receive coaching as well. I think it's a number of hours or something like that. I can't remember what the, the context of it was. And the person said to me, okay, what are the parameters? They say, these are the things that you can talk about or we can go into. These are the things I don't want you. And that was fine. So you could set it up. But I think one of the most important things is the fact that that it's the it's the power of being heard. Some people they are saying things they may have never shared with anyone else before. It's a power of not being judged. It's a power of being held so that you can share whatever you want and know that nothing is going to you know you can't it will not go anywhere else. It's the power of being understood. How powerful is that? It's the power of connections. It's the power of respect and trust. And 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 so these are such elevating. You know, you it's it's it allows you to decompress. It allows you to put the mask down. It allows you to really be, so that you are in that pressure moment that's why I say it's an honor you know I had some people who over the years have have credited me with you know the things they're able to do and I always say it's an honor to have been part of your leadership journey because it is you are being trusted to hold that person what they bring their fears their you know their goals their ambitions their aim you are being trusted and it is an honor to be part of that so, you know, the least I can actually do is um, create the parameters that allow a, a person to feel uplifted, empowered, and move forward in that spirit as well. And that's why, you know, you've all, you know, you've known when you've had a coaching moment and something has been so powerful, it stays with you. It stays with you. And that's why I'm talking about the power of those tools and investment. It's not wasted because you were back to that particular moment. As I mentioned, Angara. I, I can, you know, when I think about her, I go back to her house that Thursday afternoon when it took me ages to get to her place because I didn't know where I was going to. But I'm back in that moment and I remember what she said and I think, yep, yeah, yeah, I still got that. That makes sense. I can still use that. Yeah. And, and I could talk about other examples. So, it, yeah, of course, it, it is. And that's what makes it transformative. Thank mm. you so much, Lucky. Um, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. So we've got, <laughs> okay. we, uh, just to end the show, um, we've, we've got two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One is linked to your top tips for anyone interested in leadership coaching. And mm-hmm. the second one is about what's next for you. So do you mind answering those questions? Okay, so what what next for me is uh, continuing to work in this hybrid way. So I, I work part time in a special school. It is challenging, and I love it. I'm learning so much, um, and I want to progress as far as I can in leadership um, in within a special school context because the young people deserve the very best education, and they deserve to progress as far as they can with the best educators who've got their needs at heart. So that's that's one thing I actively want to be engaged with. And also continue to grow um, in the, the things that I do as a leadership coach and as an educational consultant as well. So um, it, that's not very specific, but I'm always one for looking for opportunities. So watch your space. You'll see it on social media in one way or another anyway. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's that. Um, and the very last question about um, tips. Now, I've actually shared this as a post on LinkedIn, I think on Instagram as well, about what to look for when considering coach, because I think that it, it's really important. Um, and so I'll share a number of tips if I quickly can do that. So I think you need to be clear about the type of coaching that they do, because you've got different types of coaches. Some may be life coaches, some may be business coaches, some may be leadership coaches, some may be do more mentoring than coaching. So you need to be clear about what, what are you trying to address? What support will you need? And who would be the best person, depending on what type of coaching they offer, to help you meet that particular um, goal? You need to also find out who they have coached in the past and do your research. That's why I'm, I'm transparent about what I do. And I try and I have permission to share the impact and testimonials of, you know, people I've actually coached over the years as well, uh, because that that actually shows it's actually real. You need to also know about how they undertake coaching now. Uh, geographically, because where I'm based, I can't, you know, like uh, I coach people around the UK and things like that. So it can't, I can't always travel around. I do a lot of face-to-face -face coaching. I've even done on the phone coaching and had the impact as well. But I've had people who said, I hear what you're saying, but I need you to come with me and do face-to-face. -face. We've gone to a, like a mutual location that worked for them. So you need to find out about the type of coaching that they do, face-to-face, -face, phone, uh, video, and things like that. Um, and be clear about whether that style works for you or not. Um, now, I've mentioned this before about the value they offer. So is it free? Are you paying? Um, and actually thinking about how much investment you are willing to pay or could pay to achieve your desired results. So mm -hmm. there's clarity in that. And again, there's no shame. It's just being clear in your mind about that as well. You need to find out, as I said, do the research, but actually have the conversation to receive feedback from others who have received their coaching. I think it's really clear. Uh, and you can, you can get a sense about what I do as well when I'm looking for coaches. <laughs> um, be clear about the coaching setup they offer. Is it one-to-one? -one? Is it group, small group, large group? Um, supervision, you should be uh, clear about those particular aspects. Um, you need to be clear about how often they're available to provide you with coaching, depending on what you need. So for some people, they're available on a monthly basis, weekly basis, whatever. And, and, you know, be clear about how often you might need coaching. For some people I've coached, it starts off weekly, then fortnightly, then monthly. And, you know, and it works for them as well. And I think key is this one. How well they understand what you are trying to achieve. Do they completely understand your context? Um, yeah, number nine. <laughs> That we mentioned the word connection a number, time, number of times, and I call this the vibe and resonance you have with them. Speak to them, meet with them, see, do they fit your style and personality? Are they a match? Because if they don't, you're, you have the choice to say, no, thank you, I'm going to try someone else. And that's that. That's, uh, truly, thank you. It's there's so much here and we could talk for days. Really, <laughs> I'm really sad that we've got to end the show now and, and, and no doubt we will definitely pick up after this. Mm. But, um, you know, truly, thank you so much for, for sharing your insights, your experience, but also your vulnerability and how real 
the world of coaching is, but also the impact and the power that it has. And, you know, um, the, the, the major takeaway points is, is if you're going to have one, make sure you do your, your checks and, and ensure that they are, the, the, you know, it works for, for both parties um, and, and that readiness for it and, and seek the connection. And I think that there's, there's a lot there. Um, and your enthusiasm, you're, you're just a, a, a bubble of joy. So, so uh, thank you so very much thank for you. joining us today. No, thank, thank you, you so much for inviting me. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Bucky. Thank you. We are moving on to a, our last and final break, and we'll um, see you after this news item. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This programme has been brought to you by The Happy Confident Company. Our clinically approved, ready-to-go, well-being and mental health programme will help your pupils thrive. In only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Telegraph reported this week on calls from some academics for schools to ban smartphones. The article refers to devices as extremely dangerous over fears that they damage cognitive ability. The research by academics in Australia suggests that phones can be hazardous to children as they have a negative effect on learning, social skills and mental health. Dr Mark Williams, an honorary professor of cognitive neuroscience at Macquarie University in Sydney, is quoted as saying that having a phone in a pocket or bag decreases working memory capacity and that this means children don't learn as well. He goes on to say that there are zero benefits to smartphones in schools. Dr Williams went on to add that other research studies have shown that smartphones also link to causes of depression, anxiety and body dysmorphia. In Spain, phones have been banned from schools in some regions since 2015. University of Valencia academics found that pupils' test scores in some core subjects improved. In the USA, researchers at an Ohio hospital found that screen time led to lower brain functioning and a study in Malaysia published in 2020 found that the presence of a smartphone decreased the ability of undergraduates to accurately recall information. The current Department for Education and Advice in England is that head teachers are best placed to make decisions about phones and their use in school. The value of learning foreign language is often discussed in schools. Germany, there have been calls for primary schools to scrap English lessons. The president of the German Teachers Association has said that schools should focus on German reading and maths instead. His remarks come as German students scored lower than their peers in other countries, 
in the International Primary School Reading Survey. Heinz Peter Meidinger told German broadcasters that focusing on English was a wrong priority and that more attention should be paid to reading skills, writing skills and arithmetic. The BBC reports that MPs have launched an inquiry into Ofsted school inspections, looking at how useful they are to parents, governors and schools in England. Education Select Committee Chairman Robin Walker said Ofsted had an important role but that there had been a groundswell of criticism in recent months. Ofsted itself has said it welcomed the inquiry, but that it had already changes. MPs will consider how inspections affect the workload and well-being of school staff and pupils, and what contribution its reports make to helping schools improve. The issues likely to be discussed are the current system of awarding one overall grade to a school, and whether it is right to deem school inadequate if inspectors raise concerns about child welfare. Parents, school governors, teachers and unions will be able to submit evidence alongside the government and Ofsted itself. Ofsted have already made changes, particularly to the complaints process, but the NAHT said the changes didn't go far enough. Finally, in the West Midlands, the BBC reports that a 91-year-old former teacher is helping children develop their literacy skills from a living room. Diane Idols has five pupils she reads with over an online platform aimed at helping children progress with reading. She said the volunteering work had filled a huge hole in her life after the death of her husband. Mrs Idols volunteers through the Bookmark Reading Charity, which matches trained volunteers with primary children struggling with reading. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to answer the question we all want to know. What is the best presentation software? I do promise to give you an answer this week after leaving you on a cliffhanger, but... First, a quick recap for those who missed last week or fast-forwarded me. Considering most lessons delivered in a classroom contain some sort of presentation, it's possible that our students are facing up to a thousand presentations a year. This isn't a bad thing as we are presenting information and that's what the software is designed to do. However, like a display you spend ages on, how long does it take before it stops being noticed? Do we really know what experience a pupil gets through a typical week in school? Are they being engaged or do they know how to look like they are listening? Don't worry, there is no way I'm going to mention slant here if you're thinking that is where I was going next. The answer is there is no best presentation software. As I've already mentioned, there are lots of free and paid for presentation apps out there. The key to success is which one do you choose? This is where a lot of people go wrong. They ask someone else's opinion. What works for one may not work for another. The choice you make depends on two key words, purpose and audience. When you choose the method of presentation for a lesson, you need to be thinking about the best way to grab focus. In the end, our job is to encourage long-term remembering. So if the lesson is about remembering short text-based facts and you have powerful images that back up what you're saying, a looping PowerPoint presentation or equivalent may do the job. Do you want to embed a lot of web links and videos? Why not take a look at Wakelet, a free way to collect web links together and share them. You can present with it and then hand the link off for self-discovery. Most app developers today aim their apps intuitive so changing things around shouldn't be too hard for you to get to grips with and you may just find engagement rises and in the end that's what it's all about what do you do to engage pupils let us know at tt radio official i'm steve woods and that was two minute tech
Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. We only have four minutes left of the show, um, so we need to end the show uh, with our usual. Um, so, quick summary of your thoughts on Bookie's interview. Super. Okay, so um, lots around the summary element of things. There's a few things I'm certainly going to be taking away with me, and the the concept of don't limit yourself by your past has been something that's going to I'm going to hold on to this conversation. I think, and the reason why I'm going to hold on to that is because a my own experiences um, in my past and and how I am that's all I know because I've lived it. But also then being able to understand how I can use that to actually have better coaching conversations when I'm being coached. So I'm think, seeing this as a, a coachee point of view, because uh, we talked a lot about being the coaching part. So I thought as a coachee point of view, when I have my next coaching session, I need to really think how much of my past am I going to bring into this conversation? Because then how do I move forward? So in terms of the idea of what I wish I knew earlier um, and really sprinting through this, is this idea of investing in myself of who and what I am. And I like the last point here, which is, would I take this advice from this person? And if so, why? And I've grown strength in that. You know, there are people that I speak to and work with. I think that's great what you're offering. But would I call you or message you at, you know, 6pm and they actually really value what you're saying and what uh, what you're going to offer me and the challenge you're going to bring me. Um, and so find and being grounded in, in that security within myself. Uh, so that's for me. How about you, Nadia? I actually really wanted to bandwagon uh, on that, uh, <laughs> this idea of investment, because whenever you invest, you always want to return in your investment. Mm. And um, I think that it's really important that um, if you if you don't get that return, i.e. the outcome is achieved at the end, you feel like your investment's gone to waste. So what I would urge any organisation or school to do is to take heed of that and to make sure that there's a diverse range of coaches available Great. for the diverse needs of those teachers. Lovely. And I think that that's really important. Um, so moving on, uh, this is our last part of the show, which is our Serenity Sunday moment. Again, we still haven't got our jingle sorted, but we will at some stage soon. But okay, so I hope you guys are ready for this one. <laughs> a lot of thought went into this. So having good mental health is crucial to the quality of life we have. And this fluctuates, which is okay because we're only human. The rumblings and the many storms that brew in our minds are there for a reason. It's for us to take stock and examine the direction we are sailing and who we take on the journey with us. Is, is the destination peace or chaos? Is it to find moral high ground or is it to continue exploring with your travel buddies? Try to pay attention to that. The who, what and where. If you have clarity on that, it becomes easier to steer your ship as you can trim off the heavy baggage and the unnecessary as you need it. If this is left unchecked, in time it will sink your ship. So protect that ship. Be selective. Trust your intuition and uh, be selective on who you allow and what you allow into your life for your mental health. So, guys, this is the end of our show. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and we will be back in a couple of weeks. We wish you all a great journey and smooth sailing. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.